Welcome to the Bread of Life, a radio ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. It's my great honor to bring God's Word to you today. To learn more about the significant work that God has allowed us to participate in around the world in equipping evangelists, disciple makers, and church planters, go to traincpe.org. To learn more about our church in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It was an angel that announced to Joseph that Mary was bearing a child conceived of the Holy Spirit. He was to be named Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Matthew completes the commentary on this event with these words, So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Luke 24.14 says that the resurrected Lord Jesus then appeared to his disciples as they walked along the way to an area called Emmaus. In that wonderful story, the promises of Emmanuel are realized for these disciples. There we read that Jesus himself drew near to them and went with them. And here is the promise. The real Jesus comes to you. He draws near to you. And as Emmanuel, he goes with you. Do you recognize that he's here? That he's knocking? Do you hear his voice? This is Jesus. He's calling to you. And the moment at which a person turns their life to God, and even as we move deeper into a relationship with God, it's because God draws near to us. Jesus draws near to us and communicates that it's God's divine initiative calling us into himself. And then as we go in our Christian life, you know, we have these ongoing experiences where Jesus himself draws near to us again and again to show us things and to reveal to us that he's heard our cries and our prayers and our longing. And he knows your design in the most intimate way. If you pay attention, he'll draw near to you and he'll speak to you. And it continues on in our Christian life that way as he communicates to us. Quite amazing. Christ himself drew near to them, manifested himself to them, showed them, I'm the one who knows the things you've been conversing about, the debates you're having, and I have all the answers. That's a profound thing to take place. It's a wonderful thing when we go and do the gospel and share the gospel with people because we believe God is actually working ahead of us, convicting people of sin and righteousness and judgment through the Holy Spirit. And he's stirring up these questions within him. And there are these moments at which they realize God is here. Those are the desires of my life, and this is the answer. It's quite powerful. Here's the third thing. It's the best. Jesus himself drew near to them. Here we read, and he went with them. He went with them. I hope that everyone here can relate to this. If, it, if you can't, don't share it with us here in the service. You can later on. We can talk about this later on. <laughs> I think that the most wonderful thing about a good marriage is just being with the other person. Just being with the other person. Uh, being in such a relationship in which you just share presence with one another. In uh, times, conversation, but also in the quietness of, well, there's something about it. Even that you're with that person for so long that the, the cadence of your slumber even begins to mesh together. Right? You begin to breathe in cadence with one another. You've just been with one another so long, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
I hope you've all known that experience. Little kids grow up knowing that. They're born into a family and they're with their brothers and sisters and they grow up in that place and it's that witness that enriches their life. It's the thing that you'll tell tales of. It's as you get old and you get together and you'll want to go back and reminisce. You'll reminisce about all the things you enjoyed and experienced when you were with one another. It's the great, the great thing that we were born for and that we need above everything else. And at the same time, all of us have had experiences in which we have been in the presence of other individuals for long periods of time, and yet we've come away from those times with those other individuals feeling as if they were not with us, right? A feeling as if they left knowing nothing about us nor our experience of them and how we engaged them. We were, in a sense, mere cogs in the social mechanism that provided some dynamic for their day, but we ourselves were largely not seen in that experience. It could have been anybody else and it would have made no difference whatsoever. And I'm actually afraid that many times that might be the dynamic that people experience for us many times. But I just want to tell you, it's not the way that we've learned from the Lord Jesus. It's not how we experience Him. When He comes to us, He comes to be with us. He listens to us and He hears us and He sees us and He watches over us and He's attentive to ourselves and he promised his disciples when he sent them out as messengers to the gospel to the ends of the earth he said lo I'll be with you always even to the end of the age now I talked about the wonder of just being with a person and that's the great thing about a marriage and my wife just had to leave I think my little boy was a little too chatty but um, you know when she's here in the service I like it better when she's not when she's in the house, I enjoy my home much more than even if she go out to go shopping for a little while. When she's not there, I know I'm not with her. You know, a person can say, oh, well, you're always with me in my heart. Well, listen, I've traveled long enough to know that although I love my wife and I have thoughts of her and that those thoughts are always with me, that when I get in the plane and I'm sitting in the middle seat in economy class between two rather large, bulky individuals, that I'm not with my wife, you know? <laughs> this is a different dynamic. And I don't particularly enjoy it. And I long for it. The time I leave, I have to actually, I have to, I've learned to discipline myself to not, I used to do this, and it would make the days go so long, I would start counting down the days until I could go back to be with my wife and my family. And, oh, I had to stop doing that because it would just make the days just go by too slowly. We're not always with one another. But if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you've trusted in him and you've believed him as your savior and you've allowed him to come and forgive you of all your sins and you've responded to the knock that he gives on the door of your heart and your life to come and enter in and inhabit you and you responded to him when he drew near to you, he's with you. He's always with you. He's never left you. He's with you. This is the most substantial and meaningful experience in your life. Those disciples who, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for 40 days, sporadically, the Lord Jesus would show up and reveal himself. What he was actually revealing to them was, even when he was invisible and they didn't see him, he was with them. He was revealing to them, oh, I've been listening to the conversations you've been having. He was teaching them a lesson that even though they didn't have their eyes upon him, he was with them. And he would always be with them. You go and preach the gospel, and this will keep working, and this will, I'll always be with you, even to the end of the age. That was the design, that was the purpose of all this. Was so that you would be with me and I would be with you. How meaningful, how wonderful. Paul comes to the end of his ministry in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and in verses 16 and 17, he, he shares something that's not a great compliment to the church. He shares, in a sense, his 
personal disposition in that very moment. Where his life played out to in that very moment, through all the ministry he's had. He's been brought under arrest for his ministry, and as a result, he's been brought before judgment, before the Roman authorities. Eventually, Paul will be beheaded because of this. But Paul writes this, At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. It's kind of a sad statement. I don't, that's kind of like that picture we said of people that you're with, and you know you're really not with them. They don't really show up that they weren't engaging you and listening to you and alongside of you and giving themselves to you. And that was his experience, sadly enough. Verse 17, here's his encouragement. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Here's, in a sense, the last testimony of the life of Paul in his ministry. The Lord was with me and the Lord strengthened me. That should be the testimony of the Christian life. That should be the story that you tell. The story you tell throughout your life when you gather with people is a reminiscence of what you did with this person in that preschool high school reunion. You think about what you did when you were with one another and when, when you meet some friend that you grew up with that you used to play with as a child. You think of the things you did with one another, etc. But the, the great overarching story of the growing Christian is a story of being with God and with Jesus. And If you look at your life, can you really tell that story? Is that the dominant story? story and lesson and account of your life since the day you met him you've been with him that's God's design it's God's desire that's the trajectory he wants to put you on yes there's service that we render to God yes there's study that we give in his word yes there's good works that we do and there's prayers that we pray and there's fellowship that we share together but the real question is God there is this all just an expression of being with the Lord Jesus. You know, if you enjoy him, you find out you don't want to just enjoy him by yourself. You want to enjoy him with others. I think one of the things that as you age, you realize, when I began my Christian walk, I can think of times when I was a young man and I was alone in my room and I was longing to experience the Lord Jesus, longing for him to impart my life, sometimes just brought to tears in this romantic pursuit of this unique and wonderful relationship with the God of all creation. And then in that relationship, I set out to serve him and to make him known. At some point in time, things changed in a sense. I had a picture in my mind that came to this as I was driving to church today. At some point in time, it's like there were these different... I began to be like a hen sitting on a nest. There's different eggs that you start sitting on. You're incubating things. You think as you get older that we have less to do, but it's like all of us have these responsibilities, people that we're concerned for, children we're concerned for, and they accumulate, and it's like these eggs that we're incubating, right? We're just sitting there, and all well and good, but, oh, to be reminded that the Lord Jesus saved you and I for himself. So we would be with him and experience him and know him. What do I want in the year that comes? I want to answer that romantic call of my God. I want in all that I do and all the actions that I take to be taken in this great pursuit to enjoy being with him. That that would be the thing that defines or arches over all the things that we experience. This is what he offers us. This is what he calls us to. 
ultimately is preparing to take us back to the garden where everything will revolve in a new way in a perfected creation around us. Well, around us being with him. The hymn that says describe the climax of heaven on earth this way. I'll close with this. He and I in that bright glory one deep joy shall share. Mine to be forever with him and his that I am there. Let's bow our heads. A response that we would give. You'll gauge it from our hearts to see if this is the true and deep desire of your redeemed people. Oh God, we want to be with you. We want nothing between me and my Savior. Our desire to confess sins, our desire, Lord, to come before you and acknowledge our wandering is just so that we might rehearse and remind ourselves of the shed blood you gave for our sins to wash us and cleanse us so that we might, in a sense, recalibrate ourselves back to your design and your purpose and then live in it, that we might experience Emmanuel, God, with us, that we might learn to walk with you in this world as it is, dark and dank with disease around us, but reimagine with you what the grand architect will do when he makes all things new and we will be with you in that place now O God with you in this place dreaming of that day and wanting to be faithful until you come Lord may that be the what you find in us we ask in Jesus name Amen Thanks for joining us at the Bread of Life a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho To learn more go to breadoflifeboise.org Until the next time may God bless you